Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we have a crazy story of revenge against somebody who stole a movie script. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, maybe half-truths aren't so bad. When pitching ideas, it is important to withhold important information, at least till the contract is awarded. This helped me get my revenge against a dubious investor who wanted to cut me off from a potential life-changing deal. Making a great impact in life and making loads of money is the dream of every young man, especially after completing his degree. This was my life after my degree in architecture. I've always been of the opinion of setting new standards and bringing out the best of myself and others. And this is why I decided on putting efforts into self-development and understanding the scope of the real estate world. Getting good projects requires having a good portfolio, and this cannot be done without having enough money, which is something I lacked after my first degree, which made me turn my hopes on investment bankers to fund my projects, and in turn help us make more money. The real estate world is one filled with many competitors with high capital and good funding. I'm just coming in with ideas and low funding. I knew what I had to do and I started with it. I sent proposals out to a lot of companies pitching different ideas based on their area of interest and recent projects. I was able to meet with a couple of investors who were able to key into the ideas, but many of them didn't see me as a reliable candidate for the job. And as such, I got disappointed more than a few times. I didn't get discouraged, I only sought after everything I could learn during that period. It wasn't until the height of it when everything before I met Mr. Andrews, an investor who saw the beauty in infrastructure. I went for an interview to defend some of my works and he happened to stumble on my work during a meeting with his friend who was a member of the board meant to interview me. He scheduled a meeting a few days later with me to discuss options for growing the business and getting adequate funding for it. We had the meeting over lunch and he appeared to be so interested. Well, who wouldn't be interested in a potential money-making deal? He saw the beauty of the work and decided to work by partnering with me. This deal got me having doubts about the possibility, but I had to keep cool and promise to look into it and get back to him. I went back to him after a lot of consideration and recommendations from my administrative team and my legal team. We decided that since he did the funding, in place of incorporating it into his company, he should buy in for 50% on every deal, leaving my company autonomous and self-serving. Mr. Andrews didn't like the sound of that also, but we worked a way around it, putting us under his company. Well, it's just the beginning of what I can call a bittersweet experience. Work commenced, and the first few months were like bliss. We were always up and running, keeping contact with potential clients, and setting up blueprints for our master project. We had started work on some mini projects and were able to install some of the latest security systems into every apartment in each building. That was the goal, to ensure adequate comfort and security for our clients. Working with Mr. Andrews gave us enough leverage as we were able to develop our software to match up any breach, as well as have funds to research and design more buildings to get more relevant within the space. It was as if I'd gotten access to my dream of being independent. Everyone on my team had enough to work with, and there was enough to pay everybody. It was like a dream coming into existence. 
We were able to submit more proposals and jobs were coming in. With the help of Mr. Andrews, we were able to get funds from investment banks to kickstart a lot of projects which would give us quite a good chance of making a good profit on them since it's shared based on the agreed percentage. I was already looking at how far this partnership would go when the first tragedy struck. Mr. Andrews never looked to me like a man who would meddle in petty affairs or would be willing to exploit his partners. Well, it first started with trying to fit people into the team. I had always worked with my own team, and we always had a mutual understanding of the job and how it should be done. Then Mr. Andrews started calling in favors by employing people and sending them to us. First, it started with him calling in favors to fill in and help out on some personal jobs off the record with our software. It seemed odd at first because we agreed on not including personal jobs in the business, but I overlooked it and saw it as something that I could do for a friend. A few months before the completion of a major project, Mr. Andrews came with a new employee and claimed he was his candidate to join the team as a software engineer and sub in as an interior designer. This caught me unawares as I headed the software and architecture team, and I didn't place a demand for a new member on the team. Neither did I say we were short of hands to complete our jobs. I decided to kick against it and rejected the offer, stating the obvious fact that we didn't need new hands on the job. He called a board meeting of all team heads as regards the issue, and the board voted that the new employee be approved, but kept under supervision for a couple of weeks. The thought of this got me fuming and angry as it was an attempt to undermine my autonomy as the head of operations and a partner to the business. Mr. Andrews had sent a message. He could force his will on me and make me do it even when I don't want to. I, on the other hand, was ready to hit the nail on its head by clipping his grasp off my company. Yes, my company, because I own it and run it with my team. I had hoped things would go on smoothly between us and we'd be able to grow together, but apparently, Mr. Andrews didn't seem willing to make things work. Well, that was just the beginning. Mr. Andrews kept on trying to frustrate every effort I made to keep the peace amongst us and maintain a healthy working environment. As time passed, there was a series of activities going on which were all aimed at undermining my authority on the team. One time, the software guy Mr. Andrews forced on us refused to carry out a task and said he would need to seek permission from his boss, Mr. Andrews, before he can proceed with the task. I looked at him, fuming with annoyance, trying to understand what a frontery he had to look at me and talk to me in such a manner. I shut him up and told him to either carry out his task or leave the office with all his belongings and never come back. I had to also meet the supposed boss and warned him to stop meddling in the affairs of my team. I knew the entire drama unfolding was aimed at one thing, but I wasn't sure of what it was. I tried to cushion whatever effect it was going to have on the company, but I wouldn't have expected to be kicked off my project. Mr. Andrews had made plans to kick me off my projects and take over my company with the guise of rebranding and setting up a new company. He had his mind set on one thing, and I didn't see it early enough. He wanted me out of the business. The events that came up within the cycle of four months were quite annoying, but then I felt it was just actions of a man trying to assert his position as a man of authority over everyone around him until the day I got served with a notification of termination of contract, and this was at the edge of getting a very huge contract. Mr. Andrews notified me that they wouldn't be able to continue sponsoring our projects and standing in for loans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This caused me a lot of trouble because it was a sign that things were going to get rough. The next thing I discovered was that Mr. Andrews had started a new real estate company and was already bidding for contracts that we were pursuing while working together. It's one thing to betray my trust and try to steal or get contracts off my hands, but poaching my team members and clients? That's extra and I wasn't going to take that without a fight. It's going to be like Newton's third law. For every action, force, and nature, there was an equal and opposite reaction. I'd have to get my revenge and save my company. I had to take a step backward to analyze what was going on and how much damage had been done. I checked with my team members and every one of our staff to see how many of them were willing to remain with us and work dedicatedly even though it was obvious that things would be more tedious for us all. A few of them apologized that they had better offers elsewhere and would love to explore their options, which I agreed with, and we parted ways on good terms. Next, my clients. I started by planting malware with multiple encryptions on the software installed on our security network, making all security appliances installed for every client malfunction at different times. I understood how it worked and notified all clients that stuck with us on how we planned to review the software and update their security system. Unfortunately, Mr. Andrews retained the software and it affected all his clients. Every time his guys tried, they couldn't get rid of it. I knew their capabilities individually and collectively, so it was quite easy. I started approaching my former clients and his new clients with a solution to the problem, and trust me, it worked. I had secured a greater number of my clients back, and my business was back. We were able to secure funding from some banks through loans and payments from our newly acquired clients. As soon as I was sure my company was back on track, it was time for revenge. I didn't know what I could do to Mr. Andrews for everything he did, but I was sure something was going to come up. I started my research on him, from taxes to offshore accounts, traveling in medical history, crime history, and even family life. This man appeared clean on the outside, but I was pretty sure that it was too good to be true. So I kept on digging. I felt doing it alone was making me less effective. So I called my best friend Leo and asked him to come around. He already knew about everything Mr. Andrews had done to me and how he stabbed me in the back just because he wanted my company for himself. We continued digging and this time we found some traces of some accounts running as expenses for his company but being diverted into cryptocurrency through an offshore bank. We struck gold. Mr. Andrews had been stealing from his company and the board without anyone knowing or suspecting. Leo felt that was enough. But I wanted more. He wanted my company for himself, but he couldn't have done it without support from the board. There's only one reason why Mr. Andrews would have been stealing without anyone noticing. Either there's a front for money laundering or tax evasion. 
We kept on digging and found more. We discovered that the company had reduced its profits by 50% through an offshore account to evade taxes. I believed it was time for revenge, and it was going to be fun for me though. Remember the time I had installed some software on Mr. Andrew's laptop? It gave me the perfect start to my revenge, which was making him appear negligent in his duties. I was able to access his emails and personal schedules and found out he had a meeting to defend a project proposal. I was able to delete the original presentation and replace it with just mere drawings. I didn't care about him losing the contract. I can always imagine the disappointment in the eyes of the investors when what was displayed wasn't what was expected. After this, I heard Mr. Andrews fired his secretary. She was just collateral damage in my quest for revenge. We decided to carry else the action in our plan by sending an anonymous message to FinCEN, a bureau under the Department of Treasury, notifying them of a case of tax evasion by Mr. Andrews and his firm, resulting in the investigation of the firm and auditing of the firm's accounts in order to establish if the firm is truly guilty of tax evasion. Before the federal auditors came around, the board hired external auditors to check their books and ensure that it's foolproof of any crime. However, during this audit, we made the launch of our last attack on Mr. Andrews by making a wire transfer through his account to the same offshore account he uses to steal from the firm. The board had no choice but to relieve Mr. Andrews from his duties in the firm since it was evident that he was guilty as charged. The firm couldn't rid itself of the hook totally in regards to the case of tax evasion and the board was fined the sum of $2 million and compelled to pay every penny owed. The government couldn't find every loophole and possibly some officials were bribed to mitigate the damage done to the firm but still, they were paid and were placed under government supervision for some time, leaving them vulnerable. As for Mr. Andrews, he had lost his job, being a powerful person. It wasn't something that could be kept hidden, so his image was tarnished, and I'm sure it's going to be difficult to redeem himself afterward. I'm pretty sure he would imagine till today what happened exactly, and why everything went so bad, but I'm sure it would be difficult to trace it all back to me, since I only helped to bring to the open what was kept hidden before. My business is up and running, growing and making an impact. I'm not where I want to be yet. But I'm moving forward and I would not give room for anyone to think they can mess with me and get away with it. Obviously, this is kind of a worst case scenario, but it's definitely something to look at and consider if you own your own business when you approach that idea of selling or partnering or really being acquired. Even in a situation like this where it appears that you're going to have full autonomy, you have to be careful of every loophole. That said, our next story is... How I got back at my ex-boyfriend for stealing my movie script. My ex-boyfriend was married to a spoiled brat, a daddy's girl who got everything she ever wanted from her father, including one of his very attractive employees, whom she eventually got married to. According to him, her dad darn near made him marry her. She got pregnant and he threatened to ruin him if he doesn't set a wedding date and marry his daughter immediately. Interestingly, she had a miscarriage just after the wedding. For a long time, my ex held that she lied and only told everyone she was pregnant so her dad could coerce him into marrying her. He wanted nothing more than to rise to fame and wealth and be one of the most powerful men in the world. A man like his father-in-law who had a lot of money, many children, and a favorite child, and real power. He dreamed a lot, but sadly he didn't have what it took. But somehow, he always thought he did. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My ex-boyfriend was as deluded as he was ambitious. He had no real talent and was average in intelligence. I knew that. His wife knew it, but I let him get away with it because, darn, he was the most handsome man ever. He wasn't just good-looking. He was beautiful. He had the perfect body. The kind of body that many men worked hard for, but still don't have nearly as much. The perfect face, the perfect dentition, and he was a smooth talker too. That was what attracted me to him, and I'm sure that attracted his wife too. They met in her dad's company on his birthday. She had just flown into the country and went directly to her dad's office to wish him a happy birthday when she saw the finest man ever. That was how she described him to a magazine that interviewed them after their wedding. He said she walked up to him and asked for his name and he told her, She's fallen hard in love with me ever since, he joked. When they started dating, she did everything to make him marry her, even though he had many doubts and so did his mother. His mother was skeptical about him marrying the daughter of a famous and powerful man because they didn't have a lot of money. His mom was a retired high school principal. My ex told me that his mom warned him many times that his wife's family would treat him like a gold digger and that they would never respect him. It was even worse because he worked for her dad. He refused to listen though. He said he was in love with her, but that wasn't it. He just wanted her money. You see, my ex had lots of plans and goals. Ideas that he believed would make him the rich, powerful man that he'd always wanted to be. He always said that he just needed money to finance those plans. He needed fame and money so he could prove to himself, and everyone else, that he had it in him. What he wasn't really saying was that he wanted to be rich and powerful so he could be free from his wife and her family. The day I met him at the restaurant where I worked, he was having an early dinner with his father-in-law, his wife's stepmother, and his wife. Even though he looked very good, he looked small at the table, something about him was just off. He had the look of someone who didn't feel confident about being at that table. Someone who didn't feel like they belonged there. Hello, it's a pleasure to have you eat at our restaurant. I'll be waiting on you tonight. As I spoke, I caught him struggling not to look at me. I don't mean to brag, but I'm a very beautiful woman myself. I always got complimented for my beauty in school, and even when I worked at the restaurant, it wasn't uncommon to have men make passes at me, even married men who came to eat with their wives and or children. I always ignored them because I could never bring myself to date a married man, but my ex was someone I'd always had a crush on. Ever since his face got in the eyes of the public, for dating the daughter of a popular movie and TV series producer, I felt an insane attraction towards him. I even secretly believed that his wife was not deserving of him. Yes, she was rich and was part of an influential family, but she wasn't pretty at all. If her dad wasn't so rich, she would be a very unremarkable woman. She had the most plain features for a girl who was born into money, despite her expensive skincare products and designer clothes and accessories. She didn't look it. Her face, no matter how much makeup she wore, just never looked pretty. But she was rich and had a commanding presence, so everyone worshipped her, just like my ex-boyfriend. She had no talent. She hardly ever even worked. 
She had siblings who were making waves in their various industries, but all she did was look beautiful and attend social functions with her husband, my super cute ex-boyfriend, on her arm. People always told me that I wasn't all that, and I laugh and tell them, Well, I married a very handsome man, and I honestly wish our kids looked just like him, she'd said in a TV interview one day. They're right about you not being all that, I muttered to myself while watching the interview. When I noticed that he was trying not to look at me, I snuck to the back and adjusted my dress so it outlined my chest. That worked because all through that evening I caught him stealing glances at me. At one point, his glances got so frequent that his father-in-law almost caught him. I figured if I didn't encourage him in any way, he'd forget all about me. So whenever I caught him glancing at me, I'd smile coyly and look away. He got the message. It wasn't the first time I'd done that to a customer. I'd done that to an actor in the past. He was at the restaurant to have lunch with some of his colleagues, and I noticed that I'd caught his interest. I smiled coyly at him, and he came back to look for me. Just as I'd predicted, my ex came back to look for me. He asked to be friends, and we started hanging out secretly. We'd stay together in motels and my tiny apartment because he was terrified of his wife finding out about us. If he was caught cheating on his wife, that automatically spelled the end of his career. He was thirsty for respect, for a sort of validation, and I provided him that. I made him feel loved, honored, and important. Also, the class difference left me in awe. He told me about the celebrities he'd met, those he knew, and those who visited their home frequently. I gave him something that he clearly was not getting from his wife. My ex was having a difficult time at work because he wasn't getting the promotion he believed he deserved. He had a big idea for a movie and he needed someone to sponsor it. He doesn't respect me. I ought have gone farther in my career, he'd rant to me about his father-in-law. One day, he decided that he needed to put his foot down, so he quit his job at his father-in-law's company. I just want to do things my own way going forward, he said to me. He started asking around for funding for his movie using his wife's connections and talking to her friends. Can you believe she said I was embarrassing her by calling our friends to ask for their help? He ranted to me one day. She wants me to ask her dad for money, but I'll never do that. That was something else that my ex-boyfriend struggled with. He had the pride and ego of a man who had made it, even though he wasn't close. I persuaded him to ask his father-in-law for money for the project. He had promised that as soon as he'd made big money from the project, he'd get a divorce and we'd be free to date openly. I waited patiently for when that would happen. When my ex told me that his father-in-law rejected his script and tossed it away, I offered to write a new one for him. I had a strong background in screenwriting and used to work for a screenwriter before she died. The only reason I wasn't close to realizing my dream was that I was still saving money to go to college to study creative writing. I assured him that I could handle it. My ex was also a screenwriter, but I'd seen his work and it was honestly below par. I just knew he couldn't do it alone, so I stepped in to help so we could properly be an item. He shared his idea for the movie with me, and we discussed what could stay and what couldn't. I realized why his father-in-law was very skeptical, because he had no idea what he was doing, and was very stubborn about taking out stuff that was just unnecessary. After a lot of back and forths, we agreed on the plot and I got to work. I spent a whole month writing the script and working different shifts every day at work. When I was finally finished with the script, I gave it to him and he passed it on to his father-in-law, who was very impressed. 
The agreement I had with my ex was that he'd include me in the credit for the script. We even planned to grant interviews where we lied about working on the script together, but not doing anything sexual or even liking each other while he was married. I was excited to see what the future held for me. He showed me the compiled script and I was included as a writer. The names on it were mine, his name, and that of the editor he hired. His father-in-law decided to release funds for the movie, but he had to set everything in motion first. From choosing the lead actors, to the best assistant director, to costumier and all of that, I was watching his interviews one afternoon where he was creating a buzz for the movie and said the only information he was going to reveal was the screenwriters. Then he went on to name himself and one other popular female screenwriter as the writers of the script. I was so heartbroken that I went to my manager and told him I was sick and had to take the day off. I needed a popular name on the project. Someone that would make people anticipate the movie, he explained when we saw. If you wanted someone that popular, then did you not go to her in the first place? Listen, she's expensive, okay? I cannot afford to pay for her work. I told her I wrote a screenplay and needed her name on it and she read it and approved. Oh, she's expensive and I'm cheap? I realized then that my ex hasn't paid me a dime for my work. I remembered the nights when my fingers got sore from typing on my computer and how much time and money I spent on doing research at different libraries. My ex didn't have a lot of money. All his wife's money came from her father and his money came from his salary, which admittedly wasn't a lot of money in their world, but compared to what I was making, it was huge. He could have paid me to at least appreciate what I did for him. My ex complained about his wife and her family not treating him well, but he was doing the same and even worse to me. Since I was simply a ghostwriter on the project, I asked him to pay me. Pay you? He glared at me. Yes, it's only fair. I always suspected you were after my money and only wanted to use me, he said in a voice that didn't even sound like his. To this day, I get very irritated just thinking about that statement. I asked him to leave my house, and he did. I was mad at him, but somewhere in the corner of my mind, I hoped he'd apologize and we'd sort things out. Instead, he sent me a message that evening calling me a stupid witch and telling me that I wasn't a great writer anyway. That pissed me off. I decided to set him up. I called him and apologized. And he accepted, but not after gloating. We resumed our relationship, and while he continued to gather materials for his big project, I gathered materials for my revenge. I took pictures of us naked together and took pictures of him napping in my room. One day, after he'd just left my house, I printed all my evidence and mailed them to his wife's office. She was devastated, as I thought she'd be. A woman of her status would certainly be more offended that a man who was nowhere near level socially would do that to her. I left my contact information in the file, and she called me. I don't know how, but when I saw that unknown number, I knew immediately that it was her. She went off on me, saying lots of stuff that I cannot remember because they were too hurtful, but the only statement that stood out for me was, You two deserve each other. I'm leaving him for you. I didn't care if she left him or not. What I really wanted was his father-in-law to cancel the project, and that was what happened. His wife took him back according to the tabloids, but not long after, she filed for a divorce, stating irreconcilable differences as a reason. Knowing their family, they probably paid him to shut up. I still worry that my ex may find me and get revenge, but it's been years and I haven't seen nor heard from him since. 
I was always scared to tell this story because people are wanting to blame me for willingly being the other woman, but I genuinely thought I was saving him from a family that did not respect him. I wanted to help build him up and show him the love and respect he said he wasn't getting from his wife and her family. Alas, the problem was never that his wife or her family did not respect him. He had high hopes for their relationship. Does anybody else agree that this story just reinforces the fact that you just shouldn't go after somebody that is in a committed relationship regardless of even being married? Morally, it seems screwed up, and overall, I think it has way too many chances to just go totally sideways. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.